Welcome to episode number 114 of the Towel Light Talk podcast. This is Casey. And this is Chris. And this is our best of 2018 episode. Yes, it is. It's a good year. It's a bad year. <laughs> it's a good year. It's, good it's, year. A de- it's been We're a only going to talk about the good stuff. We're only going to talk about the bad stuff. So. Um, before we get to kind of like our best of, which we'll do after the commercial break, um, we're going to do some of our normal news and then we'll get into like our best of TV, movies, comics, all that kind of fun stuff. So um, toys, of course. Let's start off with Marvel. Um, there's a rumor going around town. And the rumor is that Apple will be buying Sony. Now, the significance of that is that in the contract that Marvel initially signed with Sony is that if they, what is it? If they get bought out, then all of the characters revert back to Marvel. Or if That's they correct. sell or whatever. So that means that if Apple does, in fact, buy Sony, then all those characters, which is the entire Spider-Verse at this point, would go into Marvel's hands. What do you think about this? I want to know when it's going to happen and where. Minus the fact Wait, that... Silicon Valley. <laughs> that's right. Minus, minus the fact that they just put out the most amazing Spider-Man movie ever so you know it's it's tough because are we gonna would you get something are you still gonna get these spin-offs you know of into the spider-verse you know will you get something just as good through pixar from disney from spider-man of course you will you know it just there's like there's these benefits there's a lot more benefits to this than there are negatives um i would love to see everything under one roof even though sony and marvel seem to be playing well together on the playground um, but in the long run, yeah, I think that, you know, Marvel should own everything. Well, let me think, let me say this and I could be wrong because we haven't seen the trailer yet. We're supposed to see it, uh, probably in the next couple of days, which is into the, or sorry, uh, Spider-Man far from home trailer. I have a feeling and I could be wrong that that movie will have little to do with the MCU. Whereas they really shoehorned in Iron Man. And I, you know, I love him. I love Iron Man, but he didn't have a huge reason other than to be the father figure to to Spider-Man in the first movie. I think this next one is really going to be more of a Sony thing. Um, what do you think? Yes and no. I mean, Nick Fury, S.H.I.E.L.D., Happy, all these people are in this movie. So I think they're going to have pretty much the same presence as maybe like, you know, Nick Fury would be like what Tony Stark was in the first one, more or less just having that, you know, you're going to be this, I don't know. Is he a spy for them? What is this undercover suit? You know? So it depends on really why he's, you know, he's going on this field trip apparently for school. I don't know if that's a story, but yeah, that yeah, it is. Yeah. And then shield recruits him overseas to do their dirty work or whatever. And then that's your MCU influence right there. So um, as much as, as much as like these Spider-Man movies are making their own little nest within the shared, the gray area, I think that you still have this big Marvel Studios influence coming in from left field. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, I, of course I want to see Spider-Man 
in all of his villains be able to show up in the MCU. You know what I mean? Kingpin obviously is one of those crossover characters. Um, I have a question. Yeah. So because of the vulture can show up in the Marvel universe movies, right? Because he was in homecoming. So the, the vulture is a shared villain between the two yet. Something like venom is not, is that how it works? I don't know if the vulture shocker scorpion can mm. show up in a Captain America movie. And because they're strictly uh, Spider-Man villains to begin with, I highly doubt that we would need to mm. see any of those characters anyway. Um, Venom, you know, he has his ties to Fantastic Four, but then the Spider-Man's in there. Like, I, I don't really, right now, there's really no reason to just bring a Spider-Man rogues gallery person into one of the other MCUs. Like they all have their own problems to deal with, not to add mm-hmm. on top of that. So I think the only, I guess the only benefit to this would be that they're all under one roof, but I don't know if it even really matters. It's frustrating though, because you think about things like you have a show like shield and you have a, a villain like the vulture who could easily be a villain on a show like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's so disconnected that it's frustrating at this point. Like, do you, you know, would you see like the fact that do, does the vulture exist in the same universe as Venom? You know what I mean? It's like, are they, are they within the same umbrella? They're supposed to be, but are they really? That's, that's another question, I guess, in a long, in a longer conversation. Yeah. It's a longer conversation. And, like, really, there's only certain people that need to cross over, Kingpin mm-hmm. being one of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. X-Men, that opens up a different world, but, you know, that's all going to get solved very soon. But, like, Spider-Man on his own, I can't think of any villain, with the exception of Norman Osborn, having mm-hmm. any influence over anyone else in the MCU. Right. That's kind of That's kind of my point, where you go from you know, the status quo now to how they kind of treated when Bendis was running the Marvel comics, when they went from um, secret invasion to dark, dark rising, whatever it was called, where the villains became, um, they threw shield under the bus. Dark rain. Yeah. Dark rain. Yeah. And you know, that, and with uh, Osborne being a big villain like that, leading the way, because he is, you know, that guy that he's the Lex Luthor. Right. So that, we need to get to that point where all these villains can all hang out and do. I think, I think that's where we come. Like, so Mysterio is the villain in part two. Do we get a tease to, I mean, green goblin is his Dr. Doom is his Lex Luthor is, you know what I mean? Like he is Spider-Man's main bane of, you know, contention. So Mm -hmm. they even didn't do anything with him in the game. You know what I mean? I have a feeling that, when Green Goblin comes, because we've already seen him cinematically, but when he comes back again, it's going to be when Marvel fully owns everything mm-hmm. outright or something because, you know, he's too big of a villain. Just right. like Dr. Doom where he can't be away forever, you know? So, right. uh, so I guess, even though I don't think it super matters, with the exception of Norman Osborn, if Apple buys Sony, then that would be the cool thing. To see that. Um, all right, let's go over to DC. We got some more casting in the Stargirl uh, show happening on DC Universe. Lou Ferrigno Jr., uh, his son there, is going to be our man. Um, Brian Stapp, 
is going to be Wildcat uh, from the Just Society of America. And then Henry Thomas is going to be Dr. Midnight. Um, honestly, I don't know any of these actors. So, but it's cool that they're really fleshing out the JSA. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the JSA is coming. And like I Again. made a joke. That, well, exactly. Exactly. Um, but the real JSA. There looks, there's even some uh, casting rumors right now where we're headed towards like an Alan Scott Green Lantern being cast. So if we get the full JSA, uh, it's really in DC's best interest right now with them trying to just usher them back into the comics again, uh, which they'll be making a big show pretty soon um, with the whole once we get this whole um, doomsday clock thing figured out and fleshed out and we have the whole real story, what's happening with the DCU, um, they'll be ushering a lot more of this in again. So that's good. That'll get people ready kind of on the, on the front of the visual media plus the comics. Yeah. I'm glad that you said doomsday clock because JSA to me is like the watchman. Like literally it's just the watchman, the nicer version. Exactly. <laughs> that's Alan Moore's JSA. So, um, yeah, I think that's cool. I personally really like that time period, like Spider-Man Noir and and obviously JSA, like Watchmen. Like I like that '40s style um, superheroes team. So it'd be cool if this show has a real dichotomy between seeing them in the past fighting and stuff, and then his daughter not learning to repeat the mistakes of her father. Blah 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 blah. Absolutely, um, and. If you're a fan of that time period, just um, kind of in comic news for this this week, I think um, the number one, uh, the first issue of the new maxi series for Freedom Fighters by um, let's see who's writing that uh, Venditti Venditti with art art by Eddie Barrows uh, hit stands. I, I think it's this week. So uh, yeah, get on that. That's uh, some good stuff, Venditti. So always good on great time period. Like yeah. I said, so, um, Titans. Did we talk about the trailer? Last we week? we did. Uh, no, was no, we out? no. It was out on Friday morning. Okay, so let's talk about. Well, to be honest with you, you could have already probably watched the episode by the time you hear this episode. Mm-hmm. But Titans season finale is tomorrow on the twenty first. We're recording this on the twentieth, and. Batman is coming. Apparently. <laughs> um, honestly, seeing the trailer straight up made me cry. I, yeah. I had tears in my eyes, tears of joy. Haven't seen an on-screen, small-screen Batman since, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Adam West. <laughs> and this version. Uh, they had one in Birds of Prey. <laughs> Very uh, 90s reminiscent. Really? Yeah. What was the was the costume like Tim Burton or Yeah, it was very similar to that. <laughs> so check it out. Check out the pics. It's very brief. Uh, anyway, or you know, what could be a good Batman version on uh, on Titans anyway, but um we have our own theories as to how it's gonna play out, but it just the fact that it's happening. Oh yeah. Very excited. Yeah, I mean it's funny because like we just we just got watch, done watching the Ultral crossover and it went to Gotham City and it you know it showed 
people's names on the doors and gave us some Easter eggs that way. Mr. Mr. Freeze's gun and whatnot. Mark but um, it's cool when you see that stuff. But all of a sudden, you get like these these crazy flashes of like I don't care if it's if it, whatever is happening in the episode is real or not. It's still like here's the Joker or here's the Joker. There's not even like a game by like that's the Joker's body. Um, the ventriloquist and and the Riddler and all these people that are just. And Two Face, you know, just it's not even implied. It's it's there, and it's it's cool because it seems like DC's just you know ready to just let us all be happy, just geek out. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a great time to be a geek. It's if you're not going to get here's the thing: a Batman movie, whenever it's supposed to happen, whoever's supposed to be starring in it, if the director's still going to be Matt. Um, Reeves is still going to come out every two years. If you did a show that's once a year, that's on Showtime or freaking Stars or something with high production value, DC high Universe. budget, <laughs> DC Universe. Yeah, right. I guess that's true. Whatever the hell it's going to be, I, I would guarantee you, just like this Mandalorian, and we'll talk about it later. I think these TV shows that are playing within these sandboxes are eventually, if they're done right, going to do better for these yeah. franchises than these films are. Yes, you can make $800 million off of a movie. I get it. I totally do. But how much money did you really make in marketing and, and all the other stuff that it cost? Whereas you do this TV show for like, I don't know, $50 million? You know what I mean? It doesn't cost you nearly as much in advertising and, and just production costs. You don't use huge actors. And I think, like, look at Game of Thrones. Look at Walking Dead. Like, the the return on investment for something like that, like a long-standing fr- I mean, The Walking Dead is the most disgusting thing ever, whereas the comic is, like, $3. And there's board games, video games, toys. Like, I mean, it's just disgusting. So you take Batman... You give them a real story. You put it on the screen. I mean, Titans is doing good. It's, Titans is probably doing the best for these characters. Uh, it, obviously, Teen Titans Go is great. But, you know, like, they're doing a really good job for helping these things out. So that's why I'm excited for Swamp Thing and Stargirl and everything else that DC has planned. Well, you know, it's it, everybody wanted to, like, get on DC about, oh, it, you don't have to make everything so dark. You don't have to make it. Well, guess what? Things do have to be dark in certain aspects. Things have to be fun in certain aspects. Sometimes I feel like you just can't properly flesh things out in a two-hour movie. Not when you have decades of stories to tell and decades yeah. of like different stories. Like Everybody has their own version of Batman. So you're not going to please everybody with a two-hour version. You're not going to please everybody with, a, with an eight-episode version. You know what I mean? So do it right the first time, and then you're not going to really get as much you know, schleck on the back end, I guess. Okay. So, finale's t- tomorrow. It should be great. <laughs> or today, if you're listening to it. Uh, then, also, finally, DC Universe is on Fire TV. Just so you yeah. guys know. Finally. Finally. Just in time for the Titans finale and me to watch Young Justice. That's it. Thank the new gods. Uh, speaking of new gods... Aquaman is 
is going to uh, theaters today, tomorrow, whatever it is that you're watching it. And what are you guys, you know, are you excited? Do you think it's going to be good? Do you think it's going to make money? What are you, what are you thinking? Asking me? Yeah. I think, I think it's going to make a pretty good amount of money. It already has. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no way that <clears throat> this is, you know what, besides, you know, Mary Poppins went in theaters yesterday, right? On Wednesday. So yeah. this is, this is the big holiday weekend release right here. Um, what else is coming out this weekend? Bumble, Bumblebee. Bumblebee's coming out too. Yeah, well. there's three huge movies this so, week. It's a big weekend for movies, um, but I think like this one, uh, I've seen I've seen the most out of and the most excitement out of. So maybe it's biased in a way, um, but I'm really excited to see this movie. Regardless, I, you know, it's it's I can only go on what people are saying. So. And my own excitement for this movie to finally be on the big screen and be having the kind of positive, you know, uh, feedback from it already. So that's, that's a great thing. Yeah. I, um, I'm not like super excited about it, obviously, because I'm still trying to keep myself a little bit guarded with Uh getting too excited for a DC film. But it was funny. I was thinking to myself today, I go, what if I walk out of Aquaman? loving it like there's there is a chance it's not going to be able to beat tim burton's batman movies it's not going to be able to beat the dark knight but what if it's the best dc movie to date i mean uh, of the new yeah because i i really do love man of steel or sorry i really like it a lot and i actually really like wonder woman a lot yeah. But I don't love them. I don't like go, I need to watch these movies over and over again. I never feel like that. But no. what if Aquaman is that weird blend of Avatar meets Indiana Jones? Two things that I love where, and I love James Wan. Exactly. Where I go, you know what? I loved that movie. And you know what? From the feedback that I'm getting is like, they're giving you it how it is. Not much substance to this movie. It's pretty easy to watch. Because there's no real story besides what we probably already know from watching Throne of Atlantis. I would just watch that again. I'm I like, do love that movie. A lot of these things, scenes are very familiar from what I've seen in the trailer for this movie. So unlike with Suicide Squad, perhaps you're playing a little close to home to something that people actually really liked, the storyline of that. It's a very accessible storyline. Um, and it looks fucking it looks fucking amazing. It really does. And I can't wait to see those colors on the big screen. Because as you and I know, we're both fans of visual arts. We're not, you know, a story doesn't have to be absolutely amazing to like, to, to, to bring us in. It just has to be a good movie with great action um, from a great director. And that's, that looks like what we already have heard that we're getting. So um, like you said, I'm just going to try to temper my, my excitement, but I am pretty goddamn excited to see this movie tomorrow. Well, you're definitely more excited than I am, but I am, you know, I kind of think about it like the two things that I really didn't care about this year, which was Solo and Venom, and I ended up loving, like not even liking, loving both of them. Right, right. So this, uh, you know, and I just got this glimmer this morning. I was washing dishes, and I was like, there's a chance that I'm going to love Aquaman. But anywho. Right, right. Uh, One last thing. It's like I bought bought tickets for the one down the road. And like if I walk out of that movie being like, I'm going to go buy this, go watch this on fucking IMAX immediately in the next week, then 
then you know it's it's sold. So that's it. I have I, IMAX 3D tickets for it. There you go. How do you know uh, it's 3D? I think so. I can't imagine it's not. Um, they took out Mortal Engines like real quick. <laughs> yeah, that, that movie I made seven million dollars. I have that on our list. Something million budget. But I erased the seven million. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, those trailers didn't do it for me to be be like, mm, I gotta go see this right away in theaters. But nothing. No, that's none of them. Sad. Did you yeah, see it? Is. Huh? No. Yeah, exactly. It's like no. that's the kind of movie where I no used one to. Did. I used to run out and want to go see that kind of movie. Now it's just like, eh. There is a list of films. We were doing our 2018 list over at Warlock Home Video, and there's a list of films that I have not seen that I'd rather see over, like Annihilation. You know what I mean? Like uh, Sicario 2, The Meg, Bad Times at El Royale. Like there's a list of movies I'd rather go see than Mortal Engines. (laughs) It's not on the list. Um, Robin Hood. <laughs> I'd rather see that. Uh, was that even, did that even get into theaters? <laughs> I think that made three million, but yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go on to everything else. Let's go on to comic comic news. Why don't you take over here? All right. Uh, as if you didn't expect this to happen, the uh, the Spider Man video game that was. <laughs> one of the big hits of this year on our lists <clears throat> is getting a comic adaptation. So look forward to that in 2019. Uh, and that's all I got on that. I didn't really even see who the creative team was. I just saw a nice little poster for it. Well, he made his premiere quote unquote in spider Geddon. Um, he was part of that. Okay. So now he's just getting his own solo book or whatever. Cool. Always need more Spider Men, apparently, or Spider yeah. Spider people, men and women and pigs. So, I hate anthropomorphic characters. You know, it's yeah, yeah, it's weird because it's like, how many Spider Person comics are there out there? It's 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 crazy. Um, uh, it's gonna uh, here we go. It's gonna be written by Dennis Hopeless with art by Michelle Bandini. Okay, Hopeless has been on some good stuff. Yeah. Um, in the past, so you know, am I rushing out to get it? No. Is it going to be something that's worth money? Probably not. Um, that's it. Mm-hmm. Just give me another game. <laughs> yeah. What are you wasting your time doing comics? Yeah, this is going to be a game. Insomniac. All right. What else? Uh, IDW has uh, a couple IDW topics here. First off, Glow, the Netflix series about. Women wrestlers. It's going to be the uh, gorgeous video. ladies of wrestling. That's right. We'll be getting its own comic series, and also IDW is going to be relaunching the Transformers line of comics, dating back to before the war on Cyber- Cybertron. Uh, looking to start from the very beginning. So, yeah, more reboots, more Transformers going back and doing it all over again. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this. You know what I mean? Like, um, sure, you know? I sure you go, go all the way back. <laughs> Everybody wants these, these G1 Transformers, and they're getting them. They're getting yeah. them in, 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 in 
floating waves now. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully these transformer whiners gonna will be happier now. I'm sure they'll find something to complain about, but it's okay. It's all right. Um, can, I, can I bring up a weird thing that I just read? Yeah, there's a new publisher in town. What? TKO Studios. Um, which like the story literally just dropped. Uh, they're they're going to be doing things a bit differently. Um, the way that they're going to do it is they're putting things out. Well, first they're going to they're they're putting them in in mini releases, mini series. So binge releasing its mini series, simultaneously selling collected editions of those stories and offering the first issue of each comic free. TKO is also selling directly to readers and retailers from its website, not through normal distribution channels. So you can get a whole six issue bundle for fifteen dollars, which is about two fifty a piece. Um, this means that they're going to circumvent uh, Diamond by doing Good. this. Good, which is something that if you are a comic book retailer and you're listening to the show, you're a comic book reader, you're listening to the show, you know for the most part that Diamond is. It's the monopoly. There is no other distribution method in order to get a comic book to a store. Nothing. Yep. <laughs> so this is uh, actually very interesting that they're deciding to do this. And so far on board, we got Garth Enos, uh, Joshua Dysart, and Jeff Lemire all wow. working uh, for this new comic book company. So. Let's cool. take a take a look at TKO guys and girls and humans. Towelites, um, towelites. Yes, you're all towelites in our minds. Um, interesting, you know. That's cool, especially with those kind of, that kind of talents attached. Wow. Yeah, it's. Uh, I like this though. I like that they're. I like it. To be Making honest, a move. Yes, and <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the move's going to be like. Um, you can read this first issue like online for free. So, I mean, talk about a way to get someone in and go, okay, I'm going to spend 15 bucks, which is nothing. You know what I mean? Normally comics are four or $5 now. So mm-hmm. two fifty. I, I, you and me know, we'll take a chance on Lemire. I'll take a chance on Garth Ennis every day of the week. So yeah, all three, all three names right there. Yeah. I like Dysart too. So, um, that's interesting. That's very, very interesting. So, um, anywho. TKO comic, comics? Yeah, TK, TKO comics. Are you writing it? Okay, you're right. You're right. We're All right. You got what it. are we doing? We're moving on to TV. We are. We are. Uh, so, great news uh, dropped this week from the upcoming Netflix prequel series for The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. Uh, we got the full, pretty much the full cast was announced. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to go and through pictures. this and the pictures of the three main Gelflings. It's a, it's amazing. Um, Cause I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and, and, and waiting on this uh, just for a little news, maybe a trailer, but it looks like we're getting closer to that. So let me just run through the names here. Uh, the primary cast will star uh, Teron Egerton, Anya Taylor, joy, and, uh, Nathalie Emanuel. 
Let's see. And those are going to be your three heroes right there. Okay. Then also, we find out that Mark Hamill's attached to the project. Um, Andy Samberg, Natalie Dormer. Uh, let's see. Eddie Izzard, Mark Strong, Jason Isaacs, Simon Pegg, <laughs> and Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a ton of names, like the full, the full list. So how excited are you for this for this show? I'll be I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest. Yeah. I'm not that excited. And the only reason why I can't tell you the last time I watched the dark crystal oh, when yeah. I was a kid, I was afraid of it because of the way that the Gelflings look. Um, and then the Skeksis, Skeksis are all freaking creepy. So I, uh, I wish, you know, it's kind of one of those geek things. I actually, I'm going to add it to my list to watch it this week. Like while we have some downtime um, because yeah, I just, I have not watched Dark Crystal, and I couldn't even tell you how long. I, I hardly even – I couldn't tell you what the plot is. Man. Yeah. So, you know, the names of people's voices, great. You know, hopefully I'll recognize them or not. Who cares? <laughs> like, but I love Jim Henson, and I love everything else. I just – yeah, I hate to disappoint people with throwing my geek card on that one, but I really don't know anything about Dark Crystal to be excited. So, good for all of you Dark Crystal fans. <laughs> hopefully, that's uh, hopefully that's really good news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, to be honest with you, I watch that movie at least once a year, oh, well, and it go. holds up so well. Um, like most, it's on Amazon Prime. I just, I literally just looked. Exactly. I was just gonna say. I know it's on one of the streamings right now. I've been waiting for a blue, like a real Blu-ray release of this movie. It's never come. Is there? Yeah, that just came out, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I might have to. It's almost time for me to upgrade everything, so that's in the near future. Yeah. All right. Now I'm gonna watch the show, just so you know. Yeah, I would. (laughs) I would be very disappointed if you didn't. Yeah. All right. Uh, A little bit of news just today. uh, Sci-Fi has put up. The pilot for the upcoming Deadly Class uh, TV series, and I uh, can't wait to watch it. Yeah. It's out of nowhere. <laughs> so it's supposed to come out, or supposed to premiere on January 16th. Um, I really love this comic, but I really like uh, Remender anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a great comic. The Russos. Uh, you know, from Infinity War, are producing the show. I actually just read a review of it on uh, comicbook.com saying it's one of the best uh, comic book TV pilots ever. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm pumped. I'll, I'll honestly, I'll probably end up watching it this weekend. <laughs> because, yeah, you talk about a bunch of kids going to assassin school game over right i'm there all day yeah it looks like a lot of fun that show so so check it out it's on youtube it's on sci-fi app um i don't know there's probably other places to watch it too but yeah check it out uh let's go on in movie news we got 
the Hellboy trailer. So, did you watch it? Here's the thing. Didn't watch any of these trailers. Oh, okay. Uh, you know why? Because I knew I was going to Aquaman tonight. Yeah. Or tomorrow or whatever. I knew yeah, I'm going to see him on the big screen. That's the only reason why I didn't watch him. That makes sense. Um, I heard it's a big trailer, though. It is. It's really... It's good. And it, you know, it, it kind of made me sad at the same time. Because it really was like, why couldn't they just do a third Ron Perlman movie? Um, even though I'm really excited for this one to be an R-rated version. It looks really fantastical. Um, a lot of cool monsters, so watch the trailer. No, I just heard it was a bad trailer. No! No, Who? I heard because uh, from what I've been hearing is that people are confused that they said that they're going to do this dark and gritty Hellboy, yeah. and instead they got a fun, happy trailer. Right. And but- they were like, what? Why can't... And the exact same thing that you said... If yeah. you're going to stick with this kind of Hellboy, right, right. then why are... You know what I mean? From what I, I understand and what I know is that Mike Magnolia read Guillermo del Toro's script for part three and said, no, he didn't... Like, he co-wrote this movie. Like, he just didn't care about that script because the, the Hellboy movies are not too much like the comic. The ideas are there. But Guillermo del Toro is so in his own mind, and God bless him because I love it, about being in a fantasy world that just like Blade, he started going fantastical in, you know, Pan's Labyrinthy and Shape of the Watery where he goes all fantasy creatures. That isn't Hellboy. Right. It's, it is a dark, noir, you know, gritty thing. So, you know, and Mike Magnolia was probably like, more fairies? Like, I'm done, dude. I'm good. So he wrote this one to be more dark and gritty. Right. So that's what we're getting in this trailer. We're getting. That's what I heard. It's not a good trailer to portray that. Right. It's not. But at the same time, we don't know what they're doing. So if it gets the AOK by the original writer, it's fine with me. That's, that's what I get out of it. Like I just said, it looks good. But like I said, why, why, why can't we get a Hellboy three? So whatever, I guess. Because Mike Magnolia didn't want it, yeah, <laughs> and and he asked New Line for a hundred million, and New Line <laughs> gave this new Hellboy fifty million. Yeah, so that's another reason why is because they don't they ain't gonna pony up the money at New Line okay. to do that. Cool, cool, cool. Well, whatever. We'll see what happens with this one. Um, it when does it come out? Uh, June 14th or oh, uh, no, that's sorry. June 14th is men in black. It's sometime next year. I can't remember when uh, I'm going to, I'm going to look this up because it's actually, um, if it's in April as I'm thinking it is. Yeah. Yeah. April 12th, it comes out, which makes it a Marvel sandwich. Um, so good luck. I hope that people go see this movie and it, it is good and it doesn't get swept away by the, <laughs> By Captain Marvel and Adventures. So we'll see. Well, it's different. You know, it's going to be rated R. It's going to be if people don't want that, you know, because some people really don't like Marvel movies. They really just are sick of the shtick and the fun. Hey, obviously not us, but there is a lot of people that I. Yeah. So, hey, you know, then go see Hellboy. And I hope you do because. More comic book movies is great for us. Exactly. Exactly. I'll see both. Or all three, mm-hmm. rather. Right. 
That's right. All right. Um, we got to look at got to first look at Aladdin and Will Smith without makeup. We're not being blue and sent everybody into a tizzy yesterday. I didn't think he was going to be blue. I never thought that. I didn't know either. I didn't know either way. I didn't really care. Yeah. I was just happy to see these images and that that trailer, which was like almost like a shot by shot recreation of the original, and then it being a Guy Ritchie movie and Will Smith playing a genie, that was enough for me. But of yeah. course, everybody's a perfectionist in this world. <clears throat> I was like, who cares? You know, like it's not when everyone's like up in arms is. Lion King really live action if it's all yeah. CGI. Okay, I get it. I understand it's not, but I'm still excited to see it. Whereas this is like, okay, it's a live action Disney movie. And you know what? Aladdin was my favorite out of all those, especially the Sega Genesis game. So I'm there. Mm. <laughs> you know, I really don't even need to see anything. Cool. These kids look like the movie animated versions. Like yeah, when sure. we see that first trailer and we hear a whole new world or we hear the song that genie sings about Aladdin being a street rat. Like once we hear that shit, people are going to shut up because then they're going to go, well, fuck it's Aladdin. Finally, my dreams have come true. Mm-hmm. So you guys who cares if he's blue, <laughs> go change the chroma filters on your TV then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a lot of CGI with this character. So don't get fooled by, this might not even be what he looks like. This is, my, this is not even my final four. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if if he's running around as Will Smith in the movie a couple times because he's trying to just hang he out. He looks like a human sometimes. Right, exactly. So, you know, who knows? He's, it seems like these people never even watch the original or don't even really understand well, how normal how movies are body works. They don't know how to – that's it. They just don't know how fucking – you take a picture and oh Shazam, oh his outfit doesn't look anything like the comics. Well wait till you see color grading, you fucks. Right. Like there's a whole post production thing that happens in movies that your little minds can't even wrap sorry. You know what? I'm gonna get off my movie making soapbox. <laughs> I'm excited to see Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about Men in Black International? Don't care. Even even with Liam Neeson showing up. <laughs> you know, I didn't watch the trailer. Maybe I'll care after the trailer. It's Here's right. the thing. First, first Men in Black movies, I like. Yeah. The second one sucks. The third one, I liked it. Um, it's, I remember it. It's Sony. Every time a Sony movie comes out, I automatically just don't care until something changes where it changes my mind. But more often than not, they're still Sony and they still suck. So <laughs> great. You know, I like the tag team of Hemsworth and, and Thompson, but I'd rather see them in or Hulk Island or whatever the hell the next movie is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that world war uh, Hulk, <laughs> whatever, you know, I love, I love both of them. I think Tessa yeah. Thompson is a whatever Valkyrie. Whew, give me that girl all day, but I don't care about minute. <laughs> There we go. There we go. It's a fun trailer. It's Men in Black. <laughs> and then you get some good Thor humor in there. So It's international you'll, because you'll it's see in it's... London instead of New York, right? Like that's <laughs> Yeah, that's the exactly, thing. exactly what it is. <laughs> the next one will be, you know, Men in Black Earth. 
and men in black galaxy which is just what it is in general yeah right which right whatever anyways what's next uh let's go over to gaming (laughs) everybody's up in arms because we couldn't get the sam raimi spider-man costume in the spider-man game well guess what it's here you can download it for free and you can go run around the city like Tom McGuire. You can even do that dance because it's in the game. So there you go, guys. There's your costume. Yeah. He actually voiced the character just for this DLC. So guys, <laughs> download it. Tommy's back. <laughs> you couldn't get the part in, into the Spider-Verse, so they gave him this one instead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is... Never mind. I can't say it without ruining into the Spider Verse. So never mind. But yeah, don't. I don't. I will say this. I do not know why they didn't get him to do it. I don't know if they right. asked him, and he said no. That's the only thing I could think of because he, he should have been it. <laughs> That's, it is him. Yes. Yeah. Um. In a without ruining things. In a way, it is. Yeah. Him. But enough that they could have got him to to do the voice. Um. So. Anywho, you know, cool for that outfit. You know, if I was fighting Doc Ock again, it would have been cool to have that suit on. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been fun. Anyway, what's next? Uh, in Star Wars nude, Ludwig Goransson. I think it's, it's, I'm sure that's how you say it. I think it's exactly yeah. how you say it. Um, he's going to be scoring the Mandalorian. Uh, this, is, this is great news. Uh, his creds coming from Black Panther uh, solo, right? Yeah. So both both awesome, awesome soundtracks. And that's, I love to see the talent just being uh, being shared across the Disneyverse. So that's good. Yeah, if you guys, I think I've talked about this podcast before, but there's a podcast called Song Exploder where an artist will take a song and then break it down how they made it. And he does, uh, he does the theme song for Black Panther in the episode, and it's real cool how because he's a classical composer, but he also loves hip hop. So he mixed in the hip hop elements from Warmonger with the classic elements that were in the Black Panther theme song, and wove them together. And it's it's freaking cool like he went to africa he was like i have to go to africa in order to score this he went to africa he he recorded all these different tribes like making songs and like it's just to hear like how a song is made is like so mind-blowing to me like how people are that creative i'm just not like that but um if you're really interested in hearing this man talk about making music and you, you like that sort of thing listen to his song exploder episode about the black Panther theme song. But uh, yeah, you know, he did a great job on solo. I, I personally, people can yell at me all they want, but I thought his score was better than the John Williams piece that he wrote for the solo thing. It just, it's not to say that the John Williams thing wasn't brilliant because of course it was, but it just didn't fit into the rest of the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just hard to do. You're, you're doing one song compared to someone doing 16 or whatever. So um, if he gets to do all of the Mandalorian, and, and uh, that's good. Um, and, you know, the other thing is, I wanted to say, speaking of soundtracks, Clint Mansell 
on Titans is so effing brilliant. Yes. If you don't know Clint Mansell, uh, he is the person who did Requiem for a Dream. So that theme song, that is him. He is the person who did the episode of Black Mirror, San Junipero. He's done other things too, but those ones stick out to me. But every time I watch Titans, I'm like, holy shit, this soundtrack is so good. And for some reason, it is not on Spotify right now. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing, amazing soundtrack. So that I agree, and I I'm actually gonna see if this is on Amazon Music. <laughs> see if it is, but I've there's certain songs. Yeah. That and they've used some other songs that I actually like listen to, like L C D sound system and like some other artists that I actually like in the show, but the overall soundtrack, it gets a little Batman y, it it gets a lot of synth wavy. <laughs> like, yeah, it really is amazing, and like the yeah. deep, the deep sounds you get sometimes yeah. are just—it's—I can only find the main theme on here, so it doesn't yeah. look like. Oh well, that's like do 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 do. I think that's just like DC's thing, right? But they use or it. For, is that Titans? They use it for the intro to like that that new yeah the new, that new intro they have, yeah. and then they use it for the Titans songs. I don't. I, think, I don't know. I don't think it's a Titans thing. I mean, I think it's just the DC like theme now. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if they uh, ever change the Titans intro. Maybe right. Just, we don't have time to write something right now. <laughs> so. Right. But anywho, so yeah, enough about movie TV soundtracks. But yeah, that uh, good shit. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh! You know what time it is? <laughs> it's time for us to get on with this show. <laughs> Exactly. Pursuit but it of is, Plastic. It is the time for the Pursuit of Plastic. All right. Pursuit of Plastic time. Let's get right into Mezco. has got a Mezco exclusive Popeye the Sailor in classic sailor outfit, um, which is available. Okay. Is it available still or is it? It is not. It was waitlisted as of 12 o'clock yesterday p.m. <laughs> All right. These things don't last any more than an hour and a half to two hours normally. Even this one, I was surprised to be able to get my hands on it. I was just kind of taken. Uh, I just saw the email and I looked at it. I was like, and I saw that tin, and then everybody's raving about this figure. I said, you know what? I'm just going to pull the trigger. I got some Mesco bucks to spend. Yeah. Uh, so I picked it up. I think, to be honest with you, it is an amazing looking figure. And. I can't wait to sell it on the black market. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> to some some sad Popeye fan who couldn't get it because the Mesco the Mesco website crashed on them. Or they <laughs> Well, you know, my uncle I think is like seventieth is coming up or something like that. There there you go. A, there's a possibility I give it to him because he is a huge popular sailor man sailor man, sailor whatever the hell his name is. Uh, he loves him, so I might give it to him. But otherwise, I'll, I'll probably flip it. Yeah, I mean it's it's not much different from the original release. Uh, you get the white clothing this yeah. time. Um, you get an extra hat, yeah. and then you get the the spinach can packaging, which is the which is kind of the draw here. Yeah, um, it's cool. It didn't go. To, uh, this was a direct exclusive from Mesco, and they've been dropping those like wildfire this fall. <laughs> so. Uh, no surprise here that it was actually this was actually predicted by a lot of people on the on the, on the Facebook pages. 
That's right. So tell us, uh, what's the other thing? Uh, today, we got news of the, and I've been waiting for this news, actually. Uh, we're getting the variant to the John Stewart Green Lantern figure. Um, and this is a previous exclusive, uh, and it's going to be Hal Jordan, which comes with a lot of the same stuff. Um, including is that Mitch. on Big Bad Toy Store? It is not. It is not yet. I saw it on Facebook. Some of the some of the sellers on the groups have it. Um, I'm still waiting for it to be posted on a Big Bad Toy Store. So um, you'll be able to pick that up on there, on Entertainment Earth, anywhere where previews products are available. Hmm. Are you gonna get it? I am. I am. <laughs> That's like a no-brainer, though. Yeah, I was just like, God. Damn it. <laughs> this is no deposits with these. That's the good thing. With those two sites. Yeah, yeah. you can cancel them at any time. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that sounds like a good spot to... Oh, wait. There's still one more thing. Oh, oh the, my God. The, be- the beautiful the beautiful looking uh, Aquaman Hot Toys is out. Full of color. Yeah. Full of Jason Moa. Um, yes. Uh, so if you find yourself in need of a 12-inch Jason Momoa action figure, either for yourself or your significant other, um, this one's not quite sex doll size, which have been popping up online. And it's a, yeah, I saw something really funny online yesterday. Someone wrote sex doll size? No, I, they're selling them now. There's, they're actually on the markets. Jason Momoa sex dolls. Jason Momoa Aquaman sex dolls, yes. Um, so this is for you collectors who just want a Momoa on a Samoa. Without the sex dolls. A.K.A. Dollar. Elf on the Shelf of this year. Okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, this, just begs, this just begs for the, uh, the Mesco version to, to be a... Uh, previewed soon. So, come on, Mesco. Where's my green and gold Aquaman? Hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to a quick break. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? <laughs> well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right second. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Uh, Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. 
Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowl.com, geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. We are back after those commercials, and we're going to talk about our personal favorites of 2018. Uh, Now, there's some things that are dropping in the next week. Um, So there's things that we can't experience and you know want to see or touch or whatever the stuff we might begin for christmas whatever but to this point the best of our 2018s uh so we'll just go back and forth in the first category we're gonna start off with is collectibles so chris take it away all right so there was a figure that i kept waiting for mezco to release as a regular release and when the Batman Beyond figure was put out on the market. It was actually a summer exclusive. Uh, so this was, this was sold out within, this was probably one of the fastest sellers I've Two seen seconds, out there. I think probably, probably somebody, it was like limit of 20 hundred and somebody bought them all for scalping purposes. Um, <laughs> but no, this, I missed this figure and I actually was able to acquire it on eBay uh, at price it was opened, uh, so it was used once for photos or whatever the people do with it, and he put it Sex back on. <laughs> whatever. It was a little sticky, uh, and I was like, ah, soft goods, semen, you know, I don't know. But um, to go back to our PG-rated Sorry. <laughs> guide, <laughs> not that we keep it that way, uh, I got this figure for $85 shipped. It is in my collection. It is my in-hand favorite collectible of the year. Um and as much as as many figures as they do based on Batman or Wolverine or whatever, this was a great way to kind of do the offshoot of a very popular character, um, Terry McGinnis. And I'm happy to have that figure. Um, or Will Friedel. Yeah. I just want to, my one runner up to this, which yeah. I don't have in hand, is um, the figure arts uh, Princess Leia from A New Hope. We've been waiting for a good six-inch figure. Yeah. Uh, it's it's in the mail. Technically, it was released this month, so I, you know, it's a 2018. Um, it's it's. I watched a review on it yesterday from the Foosh, and it's it's really a it's really a nice it's really a nice figure. Um, it's it always makes me wish that we could get these collectibles in America, but I am getting I, I when I do get them. Um, the basic price is about $50, $55 shipped. So I can't yeah. complain. Can't complain about that price for a good figure. And a lot of them hit uh, Amazon. They do. They do yeah. eventually. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, you know, Mezco, I'm going to put their Joker figure. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of the giant gun shooting bang <laughs> that's not included in it for some odd reason um the figure has everything that you want from a joker figure i think there's like four heads um surprised we have not seen a tuxedo variant yet with a they should be releasing a lot of two packs you know it'd be nice to see the alex ross version of harley and him but mm-hmm. you know I, I i like to have the trench coat so you get a little bit of the killing joke version you get a little bit of just the classic joker version uh you know with the purple and the orange vest and everything um, the faces are all really well sculpted and it is a deluxe figure. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's, it's cool. You know, I think it's a really nice, it, it works well as a companion piece with a, for some reason I, I subconsciously started a little Joker shrine in my house. Didn't realize just how many Joker figures I was collecting. I have more Joker figures than Batman. It's so weird. So, but I really do enjoy that figure quite a lot. And I, I'm glad that I finally opened them up. See the review on don't forget to tell his YouTube page if you're interested in seeing my Mezco review. That's a good one. All right, let's move into movies. What do we got? Uh, we got we got the Marvel. The Marvel is king of the year. Um, it looks like that's kind of for you as well. I'm just going to yeah. drop it here. It's really hard to go up against a movie that a standalone movie of a character that it's interesting because we're in a time period where Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, these characters can all have leading movies. Nobody would have cared back. I mean, people would have cared, but now it's like the general audience is loving these, these, these B list characters, uh, these characters, these more obscure characters. And it's just well, not proving. Black Panther. I mean, he's not obscure. Not obscure. Well, I mean, not obscure. But, I feel like everybody knows okay. Black Panther. I'm not going to use. I'm not going to use the word obscure. I'm going to say these more. They're not your. They're not your trinities. They're not your your yeah. first and foremost. It's not Cap, Hulk, right. Thor, Spider Man. Okay, yeah, you're right. Swamp Thing is obscure. Yeah, yeah. like those. Okay, you're yeah. right. More. You're not your like your main hitters. We can Ooh. say B. We can say B list. We can say B, but not anymore because these characters have been really brought to the front. Well, um, now, yeah, of course. Yeah, in the last in the last decade, um, it's just been a real push for for these diversity. Diversity. These characters that are just as, if not more, entertaining than your than your A list heroes. So let's put it that way. Um, so. To lead in 2018 with Black Panther, and it, for it to be as quickly acclaimed as it was, um, to get you know the recognition that it deserves, it's a great movie. And then it leads into Avengers: Infinity War, which is the culmination of 10 years of movie making and the most ambitious movie making project there is or ever probably ever has been, to be honest with you. So, and to get the positive result that it did. Um, it makes 2018 a pretty uh, important year of movie making. Yeah. You know, we, we talked about it on the Warlock uh, episode and uh, the Seavage was saying like, we have never seen anything like that before. Not only on the size of the movie and the scope of the movie, but just like you see that te- that scene on Titan where all of them are fighting Thanos. They're on a CGI world fighting a CGI character and fuck if you don't believe they're doing it. <laughs> like, you, I mean, it's so brilliant looking. And then you go and add on top of things like Spider-Man going in and out of those black holes that Doctor Strange is creating. Doctor Strange makes, you know, the you know hundred versions of himself. And Thanos throws a moon at the, I mean, like, it is out of control that we live in a world where we get to see this. And... In five years, we're going to go, oh, yeah, Infinity War's good for the time. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that blows my mind. Now, there's still things that hold up where, like, Jurassic Park, I still get goosebumps every time I see those 
Brachiosauruses or Brontosauruses the first time, um, you know, when they when they see them the first time, because yeah. there's just certain things in filmmaking that are timeless and will forever be, oh my gosh, moments. But it really is pretty huge that Infinity War took ten years of characters that have been around for seventy five years and did what they did with it. So, you know, Black Panther's going to win the Oscars because of the cultural impact of the film, the cultural significance of it. That's why, because it is not a better film by any stretch of the word. It's not even the best Marvel film. It's a good one. Yeah. But it's not great. It's a good one. But Infinity War, for cinematic purposes and storytelling purposes, you know, taking 10 years worth of stories and in doing this, it Kevin Feige, Russo brothers, you guys deserve all the Oscars in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my runner up is into the spider verse. And that's really just because I'm such a huge Spider-Man fan. Visually. I, I didn't see it in 3d. I need to see it in 3d. When you go see it, Chris, see it in 3D because it is a visual mind F. Animation-wise, you've never seen anything like it. I 100%, if you're just going animation, no one has ever seen anything like this before. And I want to watch all the documentaries on how they made it because it's just kind of just like I was many times I teared up. Many times my jaw was wide open like how did you animate this? How do you make it look like a comic CGI, uh, cell shaded 2d, like all of it, manga anime, every single thing, uh, Looney Tunes, like Chuck, uh, what was his name from, you know, Looney Tunes. All of that is all in that movie. Every animation style that we have seen to this point with the exception of like Roger Rabbit, like 2D in live action animation, but everything else is like in there. And I'm just like, I don't even know. And sometimes they're all on the same screen at once. (laughs) Can't, can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of that movie. So, um, that's my movies. Okay. What's next? Sorry. (laughs) Next is comics. Okay. So, uh, something that something very important to me in 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 comic in the comic world has been uh, <clears throat> the writings of Scott Snyder. To be honest with you, yeah. Uh, so Scott Snyder really kind of he 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 took normal. It's a hard thing to describe because I remember when uh, the New Fifty Two came out. Um, I had been reading Scott Snyder before that. He had done the that. Uh, some work on detective comics. Uh, he had wrote, written that voodoo heart. Uh, <clears throat> and around that whole time, he got that deal to write Batman for the new 52. And as much as, you know, people want to talk about the new 52 being kind of like a hit or miss. Uh, there are a few things that did very well, uh, including Snyder's run with Capullo, um, really establishing him uh, in, in the DC as, is is one of the great writers of, of comic books and Batman, you know, Batman alone, but um Comics in general, from uh, from American Vampire to this, uh, from to Swamp Thing, a lot of a lot of cool uh, horror aspects that he was able to bring into the mainstream of comics and and, and really make that cool. Uh, so it was something that I really loved about Snyder, and 
his ongoing uh, collaboration with DC, uh, I've, I'm glad that he stayed with the company. And 2018, really 2017, into 2018, uh, with Metal, Metal was really kind of uh, his his next big jump back into the, to the world. Uh, it, it had a lot of influence into what 2018 brought, including uh, some great series from him, uh, like Challenge of the Unknown, a great six-issue miniseries there. Uh, his run on Justice League right now, uh, which will be kind of, he's he's switching on and off with, uh, what's his name? Tinian or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that run right there, just uh, taking the team from the original, uh, the kind of our the animated show growing up that everybody loved, putting that back on to the comic books, having this awesome Legion of Doom to fight against. Uh, it's a great run right there. Uh, also, the, the the Batman Who Laughs just started. Another, you know, this is 2018, going into 2019 yeah. series. Yeah. A character that's just... Uh, these characters that just get a huge amount of uh, popularity behind them so quickly... Uh, it's, it's really amazing that, uh, in, in today's world of comic books that, that we're, we're still in such an impressionable period for, for writing and character development. And thanks to, uh, Scott Snyder, it only gets better. Yeah. Um, honestly, you're right. You know, Snyder, since he took over for the new 52 and obviously before that, but since he's taken over, Batman has not failed Batman. You know, I last year's uh, Batman and uh, uh, Two Face. Oh, you know, team All Star Batman. Yeah, All Star Batman. Like, like the dude knows Batman, and I feel that by the end of our lifetime, Scott Snyder's a little bit older than us. I don't know who's going to live longer. He may go down as the best writer of Batman of all time. People are going to fight about Ellis, and they're going to fight about. I don't know who else is really Morrison. Morrison. Yeah, Morrison is who. Neil Adams. Neil Adams. Um, obviously Bob Kane and stuff like that. But just he has taken many times over the character and done things that you're like, holy shit! In seventy, eighty years, I would have never thought of that, and nobody had thought of it, and he did it. You know, mm-hmm. Court of Owls being one of the biggest things of all time. So. Um, that is not my choice, but I do agree with you. My choice is King on Batman. Which I do agree with you as well. <laughs> Holy shit. When you go, oh, Scott Snyder, who could beat him? How mm-hmm. could you take that comic any further? And then King goes and does what he's been doing with taking the character and in doing it, I would say 75% Bruce in 25% Batman. And that's something, again, that we just have not seen before in this sort of way, in really taking a look at that character of who really has a hold on him. Is it Bruce or is it Batman? Are they the same? You know, whatever. What were you gonna say? I, just want, I just want to interject about that as well. Um, just because of King, um, he's the same thing with Nightwing and Dick Grayson. Yeah. Uh, right. When he did that Grayson series Grayson, with yeah. Secret Agent, which is really cool. And you're saying, uh, with King's CIA background and those in that criminal, you know, that criminal study aspect of it, he yeah. does ha- he don't he delivers something that that not a lot of writers have been able to. Yeah, um, but I mean, this Batman run has been all about love and his love of 
uh, Catwoman. And I mean, I'm not going to ruin everything about that, but all I'll say is one of the best things that I've read in comics, period, is that two issues of Superman and Batman having to go on a first date with Lois and Selina. I just was like, who would have thought? Somebody brought that up on DCU yesterday as well. It's, it's, I, I told, I told Nisha, I never tell her too much about comics because I go down a dark path when I do, but like, I, you know, I was like, I think you would, I think you would love it. I think you could just read these two issues and you get it about these two characters and how utterly the same that they are, (laughs) even though they think that they're so different. Mm -hmm. It is crazy. And I've not, I've just, like I said, there's, there's not many times that in comic books you can you can think, oh my god, this is out of I've never read anything like this. Court of Owls again was one of those like holy sh- I've never read anything like this, and it doesn't happen as much in comics because there's so much history. But um, anywho, so you know what? I'm just gonna take off this other thing because we've gone too long. But yeah, that was great. Batman. That's what the best comic has been in 2018. <laughs> Whatever iteration. Because Detective Comics with Tinian's been effing great too. So, I mean, really, Batman has had an all-star year. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. All right, next up is uh, TV. And my, my pick is DC TV as a whole. Uh, my opinion... These the CW shows are are all kind of just going on. They're just they're hitting all the highs this season. Running on all cylinders. They are. They're running on all cylinders. It's hard for me to 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 think about a year where all the shows pleased me the way that these have. That I haven't had something to argue against. Um, where one show was good, one show was not so good. You know, they're kind of like uh, we can kind of like crutch on the other ones. Every show has been solid, and I haven't even watched Black Lightning, so it's like. Um, yeah, I, um, I'm very happy with the direction that they've gone this year. And then we just, we just talked about the Elseworlds crossover last week on our show and that, that alone, just upping the ante every year with these crossovers and, and just making, making like geeks super happy. I mean, it's like never would I've thought like seven, eight years down the line of these shows, we would be where we are today. To be honest, you know, I was... You know, when you think about um, Smallville, um, I wasn't a fan of that show throughout. Um, but it's it's funny, like once you start really doing the superhero thing, how much people can get behind these shows and, and be really happy. Then we got to move over to Titans, and a show that you know a lot of people weren't too sure what was going to happen. Um, and this show has only exceeded my expectations and done something that I really didn't expect them to do. So, bravo. Bravo to, to um, I can't even think of his name. Greg Berlanti. Greg Berlanti, you know, and now and Jeff Sarah Schechter. Sarah Schechter, yeah. All these people working hard to, to just make our geek dreams come true on TV. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, I agree 100% both statements. Black Lightning, I get why it's outside of the Arrowverse. I really do get it. And I don't know if it would benefit to be added in there or not. 
but it is kind of an like because it's outside you don't feel that same kind of urgency as you do with the other ones like oh i have to watch them all together sort of thing um which is a shame but it is good as well yeah all the cw shows have been really good this season i haven't had any complaints at all um even if you consider like January to May or January to June of 2018 plus October to December 2018. It's just been a solid year for for DC TV. And like Titans, I just I didn't care. Could not have cared less when that show was coming out. But I, you know, ponied up my 70 bucks and I said, okay, I'm gonna, you know, give myself a little birthday present and see if it's good and hell i mean it's a freaking great show really great show if that if that show keeps going it will it will surpass the, the cw shows as being the best of dc tv um yeah yeah so my other pick though i just wanted to say is is cobra kai <laughs> yeah. um and because like there's some sequels out there that are better than the original and there's some sequels that change things. Cobra Kai is one of the most perfect sequels ever made. And it's because unlike some other, like even aliens and Terminator, you don't really have to watch the originals to get it. They're great sequels, amazing sequels, but you don't really have to. Whereas this says, if you watched karate kid, and you are a fan of it in the 80s, we have the perfect transition for these characters. Everything about that show is like, oh my gosh, this just makes sense. It just, this is totally natural. This is what would happen 30 years later. Even better than like, and people can yell at me all they want, but it's even better than like Force Awakens. Because Force Awakens has to go and introduce all these new characters to shepherd on Things And it's not like they don't in Cobra Kai, but Cobra Kai is very much like, these guys, this is 30 years later. This is what they're doing. This is this is where it's going. Um, I don't know. Whatever. It's very good. So, that's all. And now, even if you don't have YouTube Red, you can watch it. They, they got rid of the paying for it. So, I encourage everybody to, if you liked, watch, watch Karate Kid first. You should. It's okay if you don't, but you should because you'll it'll enrich it for you. Watch yeah. Karate Kid and then go and watch Cobra Kai. And I, I, there is no one that I have met. There is nothing I've read that criticizes the show. No one. You know it's you know what's cool about this kind of stuff, and I thought about this too about the CW, um, the app. So you have all this free TV out there, all this free like great programming that as we're getting this core cutting generation, it's like people like these companies are better just to put out the content themselves, slap some commercials on there and you're getting paid to put your shows out anyhow, instead of having to go through the cable companies. You know, it's just like, it's just the no, like the duh, the next step in like the evolution of TV. There's no reason why, um, through like Kickstarter and GoFundMe's and all this, all this and, and paid subscription services, why we can't get TV without having to deal with all the other garbage behind it. Well, I mean, there's two sides to that. Cause I a hundred percent agree because I haven't had cable in eight years, but that being said, 
I don't watch sports. And right now you need, you know, either buying a sports pack or whatever. The the main problem that's going to happen real soon is a la carte pricing. Mm-hmm. Because I spend my $13 on Netflix and I also spend my whatever, $5 it ends up being for DC. Then I'm going to spend my $7 on Disney. And then I have whatever <laughs> on Hulu. Like, so it's going to be shitty and it's going to cost you way more than cable when all of these places break off. So that's the, that's the problem because if I went and paid HBO and I went and paid Showtime and I paid stars and I paid all the things that I actually do watch, right. I will be screwed. Right. But I'm, I'm talking about the opposite where companies are actually putting out free content. Yeah. And then putting advertising on it, like the CW app and, how I have to watch the same trailer over and over again. Um, hey, you free. know, and that's why I watch it because I watch it in HD as opposed to my Fire Stick, which doesn't. Um, I don't know how it works. I don't because the other thing is is that TV, traditional TV, uses ratings, the Nielsen rating system. Yeah, and it's completely antiquated, and it really doesn't. People really don't know how it works. Netflix yeah, with doesn't, huh? Especially with DVR these days. And then apps. Like, are they tracking? Because Mm -hmm. Netflix tracks the people who watch it to completion. Not just... Because you can have a TV show in the background and it can run. And I guess you could do it on Netflix as well. But it's just like, it's are people binging these things? Or are they waiting a couple months? Or whatever it is. Like, I don't know how... Like, the Nielsen rating, like, are they tracking the apps? Are they tracking on DVR? Can they even do it? Like, is that illegal? Is that a breach of privacy? Like, so there's so many like different components that that's a different podcast or a nice editorial that I write up and do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. let's All get right. off of this. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's wrap this, let's wrap this show up. Uh, last, last category is video games. Um, I picked Red Dead Redemption 2. Only because I know it is for me when I can sit on this couch for 12 hours and play that game and not achieve anything in the game. <laughs> not, not one not one second of story mode will even go by. But here I am, trekking through the mountains, yeah. fishing, doing crimes. <laughs> Just... Just randomly. I mean, it's not even like, and it's not even on the online version yet. You know what I mean? It's like, I can, I knew that, that this game was either going to make me or break me when it came to video games, just because of how much I loved the original. And if they could make a sequel that, that gave me the same feeling with the even bigger, that's even more fun and more things to do, then that's it. That's it for me. So. I'm I'm picking Red Dead Two, and it hasn't even it hasn't even come to full fruition yet. That game, it was on it. I have mm-hmm. to beat it. It's the only reason. Mm-hmm. As far as like, it probably will become because we haven't played God of War, which could obviously mm-hmm. take over. We could think exactly, but um, Red Dead is amazing, and you're right. I can spend, and I plan to spend many, many, many more hours in that world doing Western type shit. I picked Spider-Man because I completed the story. 
very fast. <laughs> like I just, I was sucked in. I didn't, you know, it's not often, and Red Dead is doing it, but it's really not often that I get a video game where I don't want to stop playing. Horizon Zero Dawn, Uncharted, Batman, Spider-Man, Red Dead have done it. You know, there has been amazing games, but usually I'm a casual player. Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man, I was just like, I, I got to see this. And I teared up three separate occasions through the game. I was ve- like, I wrote a thing up on Twitter. I was like, I know a lot of people love Spider-Man too. I know a lot of people love Homecoming and Into the Spider-Verse. And I'm all there. I'm there. I think that that Spider-Man game is one of the best Spider-Man stories that we've ever had. Because it's, it's just, mm, hit all the notes. And if you're an old fan or a new fan, it hit all the notes. So I just, I, I really loved it. And I thought they handled the characters really well from an emotional and storytelling standpoint. The mechanics aren't new necessarily it's arkham it really isn't new mechanics um and it's not even like they changed the game as far as like spider-man 2 controls you know what i mean so like you take the spider-man 2 controls you take the arkham mechanics and you did it it was the story that made that game so effing good and the cinematics and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so um that's it red dead I got to get to that ending. If that ending is anywhere near the ending of the Red Dead Redemption, the first one, well, then yeah, done. Because that's one of the greatest endings of a thing, period. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see where Arthur Morgan's story takes us. But yeah, I can get lost in that game far more than I can get lost in Spider-Man. Even. <laughs> there well, you go. Awesome. Well, I, I think it's a pretty good year to be a geek. Oh yeah, 2018 is on its way out. I don't. I'm not sure if we'll get another episode in this year. Probably not. I won't. We'll try. We're gonna we might try. Be able to get one more before the end of the year. Maybe we just Maybe. get one next. It would have to be the week after. The truth about it is no. I mean next week, and then Monday is New Year's Eve. So oh, I really, we probably won't get one in because there won't be that much news. I'm gonna say that, and I'm gonna get totally. You know, we'll what get about, the we got Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We could. We got some, we we got some times, we, man. We need to talk about Aquaman if there's no news, probably. Yeah, so maybe sense. we'll do a maybe we'll do a little movie review or something. Yeah. Um, or Pursuit of Plastic, as we've discussed. So, um, yeah. So, Casey, where can you find us? You can find us on don'tforgettotell.com, the only place to travel geekly, your source of news, reviews, interviews, and more, as well as on most social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Google+, Foursquare, I don't know. Pinterest. (laughs) Pinterest. Most of those, no, but you can find us. And um, if you have any... Thing you want to chat about, you can reach us at don't forget tall one at gmail.com. We'll be happy to chat with you. That's it. Oh, so, all right. If we don't talk to you guys, have a great 2000 end of 2018 going into 2019. Um, have a good holiday, whatever that looks like for you. And uh, read your comics, kiddos. And this is Chris. Happy New Year. We'll see you next time. <laughs>